Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. We're on episode 118, and today we're talking about overcoming barriers to entrepreneurship as a social worker. And we're going to hear from Christina Broderick Royce. She is an LMSW and an activator. She is a visionary leader within social worker, within social work. And she is also a certified school social worker, a former psychotherapist, and an adjunct professor, public author. And she's also launching her incubator this month in March of 2023. She is such a badass boss. So I actually met her in person last weekend at the Millennial Social Work Conference in Atlanta. And to be honest, I have been recovering from that weekend all week because it was just so much fun. It was jam-packed full of great information, networking. I met so many amazing people and she is one of those people. She is actually averaging five figures of revenue a month. She is my goal social work status person. So um, if you are interested in entrepreneurship, in really formulating your idea and bringing it to life, then I would recommend you seriously consider investing in the Intention Elevation course or cohort that she has coming up. The link for that is in the show notes. So without further ado, I want to hop into this episode. This is for you if you are at all considering starting your business, if you are interested in just learning more about what that might look like, and also too, if you really don't know where to go, right? You know that there's systems that are broken. You know there are gaps that need to be filled. You know there are people with very high needs that need your help right now, right? This is for you. And as I was thinking about this episode, and sorry, caveat, I know I said that we're going to hop right into this, but I have to just tell you this, right? So this is more than entrepreneurship or a job, right? This is massive change. We're talking about ways that your legacy will live on for generations to come, ways that you can touch the lives of countless people, of countless children, families, whoever your people are, that is who I'm talking about. Because the systems that we are working in are broken, right? They were never really designed to help the people that they are, say, they are trying to help, right? 
And you see that you are on the front lines, you are working every day and you are the one that has to give the caveat. You know, I know the system has traumatized you in XX way. I'm going to be here with you through every step of the way. Okay. Well, I, I love that. It is great. It is needed. There are other ways to do it, right? So you can design a program, something that goes outside of the system that can help the people within the system. And this can look so many different ways, right? There are so many ways that we can use our people skills, our ability to form relationships in order to serve more and on our terms. At the Millennial Social Work Conference, I went to a workshop on entrepreneurship and it got me thinking about how entrepreneurship is similar in concept to buying your home, right? You can choose to rent. Sure. You can choose to rent. You Maybe your family have been renting for generations. That's just always what you did. You just rented and you're paying someone else's mortgage, right? So someone else owns that home and they can kick you out at any time. Very similar to a job, right? So when you work for another company, you are working there, you are building someone else's business and they can let you go at any time. However, when you own your own home, you're the one paying into that value, paying into that mortgage. Same thing when you are working as an entrepreneur, you're going to be working anyways. You could work for someone else and build someone else's company, or you can decide to work for yourself and build your own company to where you are the CEO. You are the owner of it, and you cannot as easily be fired from your own company. Both paths are going to be hard. It's hard working as a social worker in social services. Yes, we love it. There are really great things. And it is also hard working as an entrepreneur. However, there are many great things, right? So you need to choose your hard here. So with that said, I will put a little plug for the RISE directory. If you need a clinical supervisor or if you are a clinical supervisor trying to grow your clinical supervision business, then definitely go to risedirectory.com, check it out. You can add yourself for free if you are a clinical supervisor in your state. And if you are looking for someone, you can also browse for free. So let's hop into this conversation with Christina. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I am here with Christina Broderick-Royce. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thanks. I'm so excited. So excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you too. So um, can we talk for a second about the Millennial Social Work Conference? Because that's where we like met in person and that was just last week. I know. I know. It was such a good time. I had such a fun time. Like I had such a fun time that I lost my voice. I was just talking to everybody. <laughs> of it is like coming back now to in-person conferences. A lot of us are just like, we want to talk to everybody and our bodies haven't like adjusted <laughs> back to that. Um, but it was so, so fun to meet everybody um, and to really share in all of like our shared experiences 
I really had a great time. I love meeting you in person, finally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know I... I lost my voice. I'm like still recovering from the conference like four days later, but definitely, definitely worth it. <laughs> so tell us um, a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, so um, I am a social work entrepreneur um, and I run my company called Intention Elevation. And we are a consulting education firm that is committed to elevating and amplifying historically marginalized communities and those that support them. And so what that looks like is on our consulting side, we look at a lot of um, education programs, schools, um, employee resource groups, um, on ways that they can become more mental health forward um, through our consulting services. And then on our education side, we work with social workers and social work adjacent folks on how they can uh, leverage their skills to build their own businesses as well. I love that. You are, you're a busy woman. <laughs> but I love that you have so many different offerings. Um, and you have your current offering right now is the incubator, right? What Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the Social Work Entrepreneurship Incubator um, is our staple program, um, really helping social workers and social work adjacent folks um, to get the knowledge, the skills, the tools to be able to launch um, their own business or even grow their own business. Um, so I like to sit in the strategy seat with um, our members, really helping them pull together their ideas and their thoughts um, and brainstorming how they can really bring this to market. And then we bring in experts on legal, accounting, marketing, sales, right? Um, to really fill the gap that exists as it relates to all the pieces to running a business. So we're really helping to set them up for success. Um, and not just like quick success, but really about like long-term success and running a business. That's amazing. And I love this program. It sounds very much needed. But I was thinking too, you know, as I was pre preparing for the interview, you know, why aren't we better suited as social workers to start businesses, right? So like, what are some of the barriers that you've seen, um, that social workers have to overcome or that's preventing us from pursuing our own business? Yeah, the biggest barrier is, uh, I think it's education around entrepreneurship. Um, at the conference, I was talking about, uh, you know, the older demographic, for example, uh, older generations who don't understand like what social work entrepreneurship literally is. So like, how do those words go together? Like, what does that even mean? And I think it's a, partly due to just our training and our schooling, right? Which is so interesting because I think a lot of us uh, do like clinical programs, right? And we talk a lot about becoming a therapist and going into therapy, but that's a business, right? And, and so it's so interesting that our schooling talks about like becoming therapists, right? It talks about private practice, but we miss out on the piece of like actually running a business. Um, and so it's one piece. And then additionally, right, within the field, we only talk about certain spaces that social workers typically accept. Right? We talk about um, medical social work, we talk about school social work, we talk about child welfare, we talk about policy. Um, and we, so we don't really do a good job when we are learning about the field, right, exposing the breadth of opportunities that really do exist, especially what it looks like in entrepreneurship and running our own companies, right? Um, and I think that those are the two things I think end up becoming barriers, right? In terms of we don't have an awareness of how it was possible. 
Um, but if we do have the awareness, we don't have the education and the resources, right, to be able to learn how to actually take this avenue as it relates to social work entrepreneurship. Right. That makes sense. And even just the mindset around it, right? Like if we don't personally know anybody who's done this before, then what are the chances that we're going to be able to take that risk and step out? I mean, for me, I don't know any other podcasters or um, now I know you in real life, but as far as social work entrepreneurs, it's everybody that I reached out to that I started creating that connection to. And so um, that would be one barrier is not seeing them in your personal circle and having to go online or other spaces, right? Like intentionally put yourself in spaces where people are doing what it is that you want to do. Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of the phrase, you can't be what you can't see. And so if you don't see it, like how do you even know that it's an option, right? Um, and so you're, you're so right that it is, we have to be intentional. Unfortunately, because the opportunities aren't presented to us within our schooling, we have to be the ones to like be intentional about who are we connecting to and how are we exposing ourselves um, to more opportunities that we can really take our skill sets uh, to really be able to impact the communities that we care about, but then also utilize um, entrepreneurship to elevate the income that we rightfully deserve. Yes, yes. And that is a big one. And I was thinking, you know, it just, it's almost like generational, this gap in entrepreneurship, because the older generation, like they didn't see it. Private practice was it, but it's such it's such a disservice that it's taken us so long, but I'm really excited to see social workers venturing into this entrepreneurship because we really are the ones perfectly suited for entrepreneurs. And for me, this had to be a mindset shift because in social work school, they teach you about all the things that are wrong, right? All of the problems. And I would talk to my husband, he's an entrepreneur, he's a salesperson, and I'd be like, blah, 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 about all the things that are wrong. And he'd say, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? There's a need here. How are you going to fix it? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, that's new. <laughs> I thought I was just going to get a social services job and like worked in this broken system. Um, right. <laughs> but there's so many more options. Um so I, did you have did you have to go through some sort of mindset shift or was this always something that you had envisioned? No, a hundred percent. And I think I definitely was like falling into like being tapped. Like I, someone I think deep down always wanted to be the top of something. Like I always thought like I would become like a director of a nonprofit. Um, but of course, like social workers, we just think nonprofit is like the spaces that we can exist in, and that's it. Um, and so it, that part for me was like, oh, it can exist outside of this like realm that we are usually like existing in. Um, but it took for me like the emotional piece of it, right? Like similar to you, we see these problems, like we're brilliant, we we know some solutions that we, that we can bring to the communities that we care about. But the systems that we were existing in, formerly through employment, aren't necessarily set up for success, whether it's for us as the employees or for really what the communities need, right? And so I have just grown really, like, personally frustrated with that. Like, I've done a lot of work in education, and I was like, I am tired of watching our students struggle. And I primarily work with um, 
students of color, students from under-resourced, underserved communities. And it felt like we were just doing these like band-aid solutions and can just not really actually tackling the problem. And so I just grown really, really personally frustrated with that. And I think that coupled with like people who would push me similar to you of being like, hey, like, have you thought of this? Um, and allowing myself to entertain it, right? I gave myself permission to say, like, I know that you don't have anybody who's done this before, but like, you can be the catalyst. You can be the first. Like, I'm used to being the first, right? I was the first in my family to go to college, first the girls in America, right? Like, I'm used to being the first, and this was just another another thing for me, right? Um, but it was. I think the mindset is, is probably the biggest piece personally for a lot of people of, like, can I really do this? Am I the one to really be able to tackle this, right? And it's really unfortunate because we don't have the, the knowledge and the skills, right? It does make it feel like you can't do it, but it's just more so about how can, right? As social workers, we know, right? It's all about resource management. How can I find the resources so that I can really start making Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Yes. And what do you see as the reason or like the, I guess my real question is like, why are social workers the ones that we need to show up? Yeah. When I, when I start either an incubator or I do a lot of my workshops and presentations, right, it's really about the recognition of how truly skilled we are in a lot of different ways, right? Um, and I'm going to focus primarily here on, like, the entrepreneurship when we say, like, are we the ones? Um, it's because running a business is really about the way that we relate to people. And so, like, social work one-on-one, we know about, like, building rapport, how to understand people, how to learn about like how they operate, like how to connect, like all of these fundamental skills that go into how you actually run a business. Um, and so I just always been like, you know what, we are just so skilled, so trained, and not just like human development, but the way that it's transferable into how we can actually successfully run a company. Because that's usually where people get stuck, 
is relating to other people, um, being able to do research, do research, we know how to do research, right? We know how to do market research, um, being able to assess and find out what the needs are and, and be able to take strength-based approaches, right? All of these things are still that business owners use, but they haven't been formally taught it, and you have, right? And some of us have been taught it at, at the cost of a lot of debt, <laughs> talking about myself, but I'm sure a lot of people, um, but it's like we already possess this. And it's really about how can we harness the skills that we've already um, either naturally possessed because this is who we are. So I think a lot of people naturally done physical short field because of just who they are. But it also has been cultivated through our training. It's really just about how can I now transfer that into the way that I run it. So that's why I say that we are just like perfectly equipped to be successful entrepreneurs. It's really about how can I use the same skills that I'm using in my agency, in my community program, in my in my office, and just transfer that into the way that I run my business. Yeah. So um, that sounds great. It's like, so we know that we have an idea. We know that we can do this. We know that it's needed, but the part that gets a lot of people stuck is how do I even start? Like there, there's just so many different ways to go with the business, different populations and targets and, um, and people to serve and ways to serve them. And then not even talking about like branding, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All the colors and the fonts and the, how do we show up? Where do we network? You know, yeah. what, what do we even do to get started? Yeah. Um, it's like the, the phrase, um, kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid, right? Like we go way too far in thinking of like, we need to have all of the things like set up, but it's really about what is the simplest way for me to begin and nine times out of 10 for a lot of people in service-based businesses, your first client, your first five clients may well just come from your network, right? So who is it that I know? Is it a former employee? Is it a connection of a friend, right? It'll start with in our own personal network, right? We don't have to get into the tech and the websites and the logos and the branding to start actually making some movement and getting some traction and getting paid. We think we do, right? We make an assumption that we have all of these things set up, you really don't, right? I think the first time I got paid, I hadn't set any formal paper. I don't think I filed any formal paperwork for the first like year and a half, right? I was like, I just want to practice getting out there, right? Going out and tabling, talking about my services, talk like finding out more about the market. Um, and then from there, people are like, hey, like, we'll pay you to come talk about this, right? They sent me the contracts when I signed them. I just, the, the check went to my personal bank account, right? Like, I didn't get into all of the things. I was just like, will this even work, right? Do people even want this? And I, so I think that's where people get really tripped up is that they jump way too far advanced and like, how do I set up like all of these other methodologies and, and things that I need versus, and then get caught there and stuck there and overthinking there. And what happens is they don't even start it. And so I always advise, like, what is the simplest path to entry that we can take? And that is where we're going to start, right? We will, you don't want to spend all the money on the tech and the websites and the logos and, like, all of the branding if you haven't even validated what you offer. If you haven't even, like, practiced, right? If you don't understand what your vision is and what you're trying to do. And so that's what I tell people is, like, pick one idea, right? Center on the one idea and one demographic, one market, right? So if you want to do... Uh, professional staff training um, for child welfare social workers start there, right? Who do you know in your in your network 
that you can talk to that can bring you in, right, that can pay you, um, and start there, right? And then you can get some data, and we can start to adjust and all of that good stuff and grow from there. But we don't want to get so caught up in the overthinking of that we need to have all of our ducks in a row. We really, and then now you're just not starting at all, right? So what is the simplest entry point to start, right? And that's the key word, right? The operative word is that it's just starting. It is not the finish line. It is just the starting point. So basically what I'm hearing is just start. Like you, ha <laughs> you have an idea, you see a need, you just need to start. Um, and I love that the incubator is available because for so long, we were just starting on our own and like, where do I go from here? What do I do? Mm -hmm. But in the incubator, it sounds like you really provide direction and guidance and structure. And you even bring in experts for those skills that we may need some more extra help on. Um, so I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit more in detail, like how does the incubator help and what results would someone expect to see after your program? Yeah, so um, as we kind of talked about earlier, right, mindset is such a huge piece of it. And so that's where I get to kind of blend my skills of being a social worker and a business owner, right, and, and sitting in this like coaching seat where I'm able to really help push past those mental barriers that we kept putting up for ourselves, right? And so I, I am able to help piece together things that may not feel as clear for you, right? Um, so a big thing that people have said is that they just got like extreme clarity on like not just what their business is now, but where it's even going to go, right? Um, so that's a huge piece of it. Um, we really help like map out like what's called your framework. So how actually do you ensure success for your clients, right? What is the methodology in which you're going to actually work with your clients to get success? Um, again, as social workers, this is very similar to a treatment plan, right? What is the starting point? What's the ending point? And what are the things you're going to do in between, right, to work with your clients to get this transformation? So that is going to be a big, like, aha for people of, like, oh, again, with clarity, I know I have even more clarity on, like, what it is that I'm actually going to be doing. And then once you have that clarity in your framework, your process, your methodology, then we can look at your offers, right? What are you going to actually be offering to the world? Is it a, a group program? Is it a, a long-term training? Is it a consulting package, right? Is it individual coaching, right? Once you have all of that first clarity around, like, what it is that I'm going to do, how am I going to do it, I can now package this offer, right? And so we walk um, through a four-step framework of prep. Um, the prep is really about our, like, personal prep, the mindset work, the internal work, the personal work, as well as, like, business prep, right, like understanding what skills that you can bring right into the work that you're doing. Um, we then go into, um, I'm going to forget it, so prep, we then go into um, packaging, um, like how do you actually package your services together, right, um, and then positioning, right, how do you position yourself for the market, right, to succeed, um, and then prosper. Right, how are we talking about like ways that you can ensure that you're consistently getting sales, getting out there, right, and you're actually growing your business. So these are our four P framework, um, really walking uh, our cohort members um, from start to finish. And then through this, right, is where we intentionally will bring in our experts, depending on where we're at in the program and the different milestones that they're achieving. 
That's amazing. I love that. Um, thank you so much for your time, Christina, today. Is there anything else that that you feel that people should know or that you um, feel is important? Um, I would love to have you join our incubator. We run um, cohorts twice a year. Um, so you can run a spring cohort and a fall cohort. Um, but if entrepreneurship isn't your thing, right, and you really are just maybe trying to find your footing in social work, um, I'm a published author in a book called Where Social Work Can Lead You. Um, you can purchase that on Amazon. All proceeds go to a nonprofit that helps um, with residential foster youth. Um, it's a collection of stories talking about our journeys to, through, and around social work. So it's just a really interesting perspective. You get to look, um, take a look in on and see how their upbringing rate has really impacted the way that they um, have entered the field of social work. Um, so that is it. <laughs> that is all I, I have. Um, this is a really great conversation, but I really, at the end of the day, just want social workers to know that uh, we can break barriers, right? Um, is that there is so much potential that is out there for us to not just elevate um, in, uh, our income, right? That we don't have to be limited by income barriers, um, but we can also make such tremendous impact on our communities. Um, once we're able to really um, break through the barriers that are placed on us, either by society or, or by ourselves. Yes, and that is so powerful. I mean, the freedom, the um, and power kind of gets like a bad rap in the social work world. But it's true. If we really want to impact change on systems, like we're talking about systems here, like we need to have power to do that. And we have the knowledge already. We have the resources that are available. Your incubator is one of those ways that people in six months can get their shit going, right? Like you don't have to flounder around and be like, what do I do? Like a, you know, like a drowning kid in a pool, but it's more of like, it's more of like, here, here's a strategy. Like, this is how we swim. This is what we're going to do. And I'm going to be here with you until you figure this out. Yeah, and you get the confidence. That's what people have said, too. They get the confidence to hop on a sales call and talk about how they have this amazing solution to the needs of the community, right? And, like, how good does that feel? That Like, you are really making a direct impact on the communities that we care about. I absolutely love entrepreneurship, as you can tell. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. So the link to her incubator is in the show notes. Click it right now because when does your incubator start? We start at the beginning of April, so enrollment ends um, at the end of March, um, and we get going right at the top of April. Okay, we're ready for it. So click it, learn more, sign up, definitely um, reach out to Christina if you have any questions. Where can people find you, Christina? Yes, so um, you can go on Instagram, um, Chrissy.Broderick, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E dot Broderick. Um, like Matthew Roddick. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Intention Elevation, um, or you can go to www.intentionelevation.com. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. If this conversation has you feeling excited and a little scared, then you are in the right spot. And I highly encourage you to click on the link in the show notes for the Social Work Entrepreneurship Incubator. This is for you if you are ready to start your entrepreneurship venture, if you have ideas for starting your own business, but just don't really know where to go or how to get started, Christina is going to be your person to go to. 
She has been there, done that. She is making consistent income, running her own businesses. She is on her honeymoon as we speak, making money. If that is what you want and you are ready and willing to put in the work and the investment, then my friend, you are ready for the Social Work Entrepreneurship Incubator. Click the link in the bio. You will not be sorry. You will only be sorry if you miss out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse Basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.